Today we get to continue the series in Spirit Words, and this one's titled uh, Joy and the Seriousness of Joy, because who knows, who knows here that joy is very serious, okay? Joy is serious, and if it isn't in your life, it will be at the end of this. That's my hope. So you've known me for what, two years now? So I'm an interactive pastor, so uh, you don't have to interact with me, but I definitely will interact with you. Because that's how that's going to go. Right, BJ? Right, Don? So, so if you don't interact with me, that's what I tell the youth. I'll interact with you. Um, so we'll, have, we'll get along that way, all right? So a quiet church is a? Dead church. Quiet church is a? Dead church. Dead church, all right? So when you think of the word joy, what comes to mind? Smiling. S- smiling. Yes. Happiness. Dancing. Jesus. Laughing. Jesus. Of course, Keith says Jesus. <laughs> Uh, okay, I love that. Happiness, smiling, dancing. That was a good one. I didn't even have that down, so that's so good. I wanted to get some of the science out of the way. Science doesn't disprove God. It just shines light on what God has created. That was the easiest way my brain could compute what I wanted to say to you. Uh, so science doesn't disprove God. So we can learn and grow in a church um, and we can learn some things that help our bodies on a scientific level um, and also on a spiritual level. Amen? Amen? Okay. You know, what often cannot be expressed in words is usually manifested in laughter. Like my kids and my wife, when they're asleep and my kids are at the foot of our bed, Jaden and Mariah, this is before Westland, and they're sleeping at the foot of our bed in uh, sleeping bags on the floor there, and I get up to use the restroom because I do that. It's the most annoying thing. Anyone ever get their sleep broken in the middle of the night? That's me, okay? So I get up, I miss my wife's feet, and then I take that step down, and for whatever reason, the enemy created um, the slipperiest sleeping bag (laughs) known to man, okay? And nothing is funny at 3 a.m. I'm seriously, and I step down, and I said, boom. <laughs> and when I, uh, when I laid there in anger, so, so much anger built up that's never there, but it's there when stuff like that happens. Like, boom. And I'm like, if I hear one, one anything, I'm going to kill someone. I'm thinking, this is so stupid. I'm going to rip, I'm going to burn those things when I wake up in the morning. And I went to the bathroom and I'm like, it's 3 a.m., no one. And I'm light as a feather, right? No one's going to hear that. The next morning, my daughter goes, did you fall last night? I'm like, shut up. And so she's like, I was laughing. Me and Jaden were laughing so hard, dad, that tears were running down her face. She said, but we couldn't say anything because we know you would be so mad. And I would have been so mad. But we laughed. It literally would bring tears to their eyes now. Um, just thinking of that story. We talked about that story a couple weeks ago. So they just laugh. But usually what's not uh, manifested in words usually comes out in laughter. Can anyone relate? Is anyone like that, right? You laugh in a serious situation. Somebody falls. And before you could say, are you okay? You're, you're dying laughing. And you're saying, are you okay? In your laughing voice, which doesn't really sound helpful. Um, <laughs> I'm not bitter about that. Uh, So it's really hard to be extremely joyful and not laugh. People have always known that laughter 
good, honest belly laughter, not the mocking kind, not the one we give Keith, but good, honest belly laughter is the one that makes you feel better. In the book we've seen that we've been studying, it says um, uh, that this guy named Norman Cousins, who is a uh, activist, he's credited for putting the, the power of healing on the map uh, through laughter. Y'all with me so far? Okay, Cousins was a political journalist and an activist who, after a grueling trip to Russia, developed a form of arthritis in his spine. It nearly immobilized him just off of the pain alone. His doctors informed him that only one in 500 ever recover from this type of condition. So hearing this, Cousins did what any smart person did, and he said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. He devised an unorthodox treatment plan. He moved out of the hospital. He went into a hotel room. He quit taking his pain meds. No, I didn't say stop taking your pain meds. That's what Norman did. Okay, he stopped taking his pain meds, and then he started watching just old Marx Brothers. I don't know what that is. I was going to change that, but it's his story. What is Marx Brothers? What? <laughs> what? Is it, is it like, is it? And then you watch Candid Camera, which I kind of know of, right? In America's Funniest Home Video type of spoofs, but Marx Brothers is just a funny sitcom? Listen, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, don't get mad at me. I, I'm just trying to learn here. Okay, so they made good stuff. They made, okay. All right, so this is what he did, all right? And he recorded in his book, Autonomy of an Illness, that he made the joyous discovery that 10 minutes, someone say 10 minutes, that 10 minutes of genuine belly laughter had an aesthetic effect and would give him at least two hours of pain-free sleep. After only a few weeks of this, this type of treatment, Cousin's pain had diminished enough to allow him to return to work, and he went on to make a full recovery. So laughter is definitely a painkiller. They've also been discovering that laughter does a whole host of other things um, that's good for our bodies, our mind, our emotions, relationships. Some of you definitely need laughter in your relationships. It's too serious. Our relationship is barely serious, only serious about the things that matter. But my wife can never get me to shut up. I'm always laughing. Okay. So first, okay, three tips. First, this is where notes would come into hand. Um, it essentially does the same thing as a workout. Yeah, yep, and there we go. Does the same thing as a workout, people. It gets your lungs breathing more deeply, your heart's pumping faster, and many of your muscles engage, thereby improving your circulation and blood pressure. So some of you who can't get to the gym just need to put on some old Marx Brothers, which I'm going to go do to figure out what that is, <laughs> and get some good old belly laughter going to get your blood flowing. You ever, you ever meet someone? who laughs so hard their face like turns red and it almost is like they can't breathe. They're working out just their face muscles. Uh, that's what we need to get. Second, it relaxes our bodies and stops our brains from producing stress hormones. That suppresses our immune system, wears us down, and makes us vulnerable to, to diseases and illnesses and sicknesses. So laughing does help suppress that stuff. It helps uh, activate uh, positive endorphins in our mind and in our brain. Third, laughter activates our immune systems on the emotional and mental levels. 
Laughter not only diffuses negative thoughts and emotions, that's really good for some of you in here. Laughter not only diffuses negative thoughts and emotions, it also produces positive emotions like hope and great happiness and allows us to create new, more, I love this part, more optimistic perspectives in our circumstances. So laughter gives you a fresh outlook, a new way of thinking when you can allow yourself to laugh a little bit in life. Uh, there was a concentration camp survivor named Viktor Frankl. He saw firsthand that humor was a powerful survival skill that enabled him and other prisoners to hold on to hope and meaning through the darkest time of their lives. You guys with me so far? Okay, because this is important. This is science, but it's important on how laughter is gonna help your body. Frankl said this, humor, more than anything else in the human makeup, helps those who a loaf, you can laugh at me again because I had to look up what a loaf meant, because some people don't, and I didn't know the definition of a loaf, but it's like those who, like Quinn, who are just like, Ugh. I love you, I love you. So a loaf, right, people who are distant or unfriendly, so it helps those people who a loaf, giving them an ability to rise above any situation even if only for a few seconds. And there are countless stories of people like Cousins and Frankel and those who use humor to survive prison of war camps, cancer, war, other terrible losses, trauma, illnesses, as well as like daily grinds as our, uh, stressful our jobs can be sometimes. It's counterintuitive to laugh though, would you say, when something is going rough in our lives, some trials are going on, but therapy, laugh therapy, is basically designed to teach people how to use laughter to move in the opposite direction, have an opposite spirit, an opposite way of thinking. So yes, though it does seem counterproductive to go, Lupe, my life is in shambles right now. I'm sick. I can't move. My body aches. And you want me to laugh? Yes. Because that can help change the perspective that you're living in. Um, I know some of you possibly, maybe a couple, maybe one, in here can't laugh to save their life. Anyone in here struggle laughing? Maybe you're sitting next to that person now, and you're like, babe, he's talking to you. <laughs> Two facts in developing, because there's a skill in laughter. If you didn't know that, you do now. There's a skill in laughter, and we're going to learn that right now. First, contrary to what you think, humor is not the number one cause of laughter. Robert Provine, who has spent hundreds of hours studying people laughing throughout the day, claims that laughter is primarily a social phenomenon, a universal human language. He actually, he actually calls it speaking in tongues that facilitates social interaction and shows up in most social settings. In one hand, this means that being with people is one of the best ways to develop the skill of laughter. Someone say being with people. Being with people helps develop a skill of laughter. On the other hand, it means that the people who laugh more are naturally, this is good, write this down, people who laugh more are naturally attractive to others and tend to develop stronger social networks, which are important to element in, in managing stress. So some of you are single because you don't laugh enough. <laughs> that's what I, out of all that, that's what I got from that, Pastor Jake. Relationship series, laugh more, okay? But I love how Robert said, you know, a social phenomenon, like we could go to Russia or I could go to Mexico 
and get looked at very nasty because I don't speak Spanish, okay? But I could laugh, I could be laughing, and no matter where I go in the world, any language, it doesn't matter, they're gonna look at it and go, that guy's crazy, and he's laughing. What's funny, right? They're gonna, want, they're gonna be intrigued because it's a, it's a universal language that, that you could go wherever in the planet and do that, correct? Okay, fact number two. The surest way to end up in a, a fit of hysterical laughter is to start by faking it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know, okay? Um, we said laughter, Keith, laughter. Um, <laughs> by faking it. That was... <laughs> I would have laughed so hard right now, but I'm embarrassed. Um, Dr. Katria started laughing a laughter club. He started a laughter club in his native uh, uh, India to see if he could reproduce the results of Norman Cousins. So he heard about this. He wanted to reproduce it. So he started a laughter club. After the group ran out of funny jokes to tell, Katria discovered that laughing for no reason worked just as well. The physical act of laughter, even when forced initially, produces the same good physical, emotional, and mental effects that can be inspired by actual laughter. Um, and these real effects, in turn, cause laughter to become genuine, like how we naturally just laughed. So I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to laugh in their face. <laughs> not, not at them, not at them, okay? We're not the mocking kind. Now look to your other neighbor and laugh, okay? Good, honest belly. Keith, you can laugh. It's okay. It's all right, Keith. Okay. <laughs> Sounded like a Yeti. <laughs> I love you, Keith. Okay. Crazy to think that you come to church to learn that fake laughing can really help. Right, Randa? Fake laughing. Okay. So, but I get it. I get it. Sometimes uh, uh, you get around someone, you know someone that laughs like really weirdly. And then in turn, you're laughing, not really at the joke, but because they're laughing so hard. And then, anyone like that? Okay, I'm not the only one. Uh, so we just studied one aspect of joy, okay, which was laughter. Um, and hopefully anyone here learned something new they didn't know before. That's what it's, that's what it's about, learning, okay, growing. Now, the other aspect of joy uh, we're going to discuss is, the, uh, is not an emotion, but a person. Joy, the person, not the emotion. The biblical definition for joy is this. It's where you would have your notepads out and take notes. Joy is a feeling of good pleasure. Someone say good pleasure. Joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. That's good. That's for somebody today. That will preach. Joy is, feeling, uh, is, a, is a good feeling of pleasure, happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. What if I told you that Christians should be the happiest people on the planet, Don? Yes, Christians should be the happiest people on the planet. Anybody agree? Yes. Hands up if you agree. Woo. Hands down if you find that hard sometimes. There we go. But think about it. Jesus prayed, I come to you, Father, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy. Someone say my joy. 
my joy may full in themselves. John 17, 13. Jesus wants to be, us to be full of his joy. Look to your neighbor and say, did you get that? Look to your other neighbor and say, they didn't get it. Jesus wants us to be full of his joy. What's so awesome about that is that joy isn't dependent on me. That joy isn't dependent on you. It's interesting. Hebrews 1.9 says this. Jesus was anointed with joy beyond his companion. Bless you. Jesus was anointed with joy beyond his companions. This means that Jesus was happier than the people he hung out with. Happier than the people he hung out with. Now, that's a lot of joy. To make us even happier, God sent us the Holy Spirit into our lives to comfort us, to provide for us, to protect us. It's amazing that he wants us to be so comfortable, so empowered with the Spirit. But wait, it gets even better. The Bible says that the fruit of the evidence of the Holy Spirit working in us is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's that word joy again. Can we say those together, though? Some of you need to believe what you're reading. So here's the fruits. Here's the evidence of the fruits of the Spirit right here. Love. Peace. Patience. And self-control. We've been given a double anointing of joy. Now, if that doesn't get you excited, then maybe you don't have a pulse. But you've been given a double anointed of joy. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, Keith. There's no one here in this room that is more hungry or can eat more than Keith. My money is on that. And I'm not a betting man, but I guarantee that. No way. This guy, no. So, one-third of the kingdom of heaven... uh, uh, is joy. It says this, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here's what's intriguing though. Joy is foreign and in a foreign emotion for, for many Christians. Someone say why? Because religious spirits, they've crept in and they, they've robbed us of that. They stole the joy um, that Jesus purchased for us 2,000 years ago. I know that's no one here. I, I get that. But, but I'll be transparent with myself. I'll be an honest man. That I've been robbed of my joy. But here's the kicker. Lean in. Here's this. I've also robbed myself of joy. I've also robbed myself of joy. I can't give all the credit to the enemy, right? We give him too much light sometimes. Sometimes it's Ourselves. Sometimes I maximize the situations in my, in my life and then I rob myself of joy because of the trials and the tribulations. The Apostle Peter says this in 1 Peter 1, 6-8. He says this, starting in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, that even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious then gold which perishes through the tested by fire may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So wait, Peter is saying that though you may go through some stuff in life, because you will, it's not an if, it's a when, 
we go through things in life that you would consider a pure joy, that you would, uh, at the revelation of who Jesus is, because joy is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what's going on. Verse eight, and though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. Come on, church. Come on. Let's say verse eight together as a church. And though... What's often not manifested in words is manifested in laughter. What's often not expressible in praises, I mean, in, in words is expressed in praise and in worship. So can we, can we express some worship and praise to Jesus right now? Can we thank you, God? Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you, God, for what you've done in our life. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My, my joy... Our joy isn't dependent on my current situation, but rather the one who has control over my past, my present, and my future. That's my joy. The inexpressible joy, the person, not the emotion. See, the emotion comes second to the person. The Hispanic in me might come out, so I might have to slow down a little bit because I speak a little fast and I'm passionate. I was going to go somewhere. We're past, I feel like you would have went Pastor Jake, but I didn't. I saw myself. Okay. I'll tell you Monday what I was going to say there. Uh, church, <laughs> ooh, that would have been crazy. Church, uh, a joy that surpasses words. Inexpressible, only described through actions like praise and worship. It's hard to fight through pain in our life. It's hard to fight through troubles in our life. But man, if we could just focus on joy, we could focus on him, Jesus, joy, over what is going on in our life because of what he did for you. You know, you have breath in your lungs because of that. You have freedom over your life because of that. You have free will because of that. And he gave us the Holy Spirit of power to equip us. A lot of us don't operate in the Holy Spirit and we need to. He gave us it as a gift it's like me giving my daughter a car keys uh, to go along with her luggage when she's 18. <laughs> and she does it. I'm just kidding. You can live with me forever. And, and she just grabs the luggage but leaves the car keys. Like, what benefit would that be? Right? I was in middle school. And we're going to go walk down the street to a pool. So we went. And I grew up in Florida, so this is nothing to me, right? Beach, water, sun, sand, sharks, all that. Great. So we go to the pool, and, you know, I'm at the age in middle school where I was really into girls. And you knew that just because of the way I took care of myself when you started caring. When your son starts putting on deodorant, and he starts caring about his hair, and he showers regularly, Without you telling him, that's the social cues. Your boy is into some, some girls. And so we're swimming. And we're going to time. Well, some of my friends, they go, to the, they go to the diving board in the deep end. And they go, they're doing tricks. And they jump off. And I'm like, you know, I'm about to show off. All right, Kelly, I'm about to really show off to these girls. 
So I get over there, get on the diving board, and I run, and I jump, and I do a twist, and then I hit the water, and then I realize my feet don't hit the ground, okay? Because I'm a Florida boy who swam in water I could kind of stand up on. And when I realized my feet didn't hit the ground, I realized I'm drowning. So, so I, I scurried up to the top and I'm like, ooh, taking on water, speaking in tongues. And the lifeguard comes in and saves me because that's really cool. And, and it is a great story. Thank you, Keith. And, and I made, here's, you know, that's not even the big mistake. You know what the big mistake was? going home and telling my dad that story. Because my dad would periodically, for the rest of my life now, would scream lifeguard, lifeguard at me at random moments in my life. And so I would never live that down. You know, that person, Joy, showed up at a church in Toronto. The holy laughter. Uh, in Canada in 1994, it was also known as the Toronto Blessing. Anyone familiar with that story? Okay. God supernaturally fell on a small church, and one of the main manifestations of the spirit of the presence was holy laughter. You see, in those days, uh, those days, much of the religious world rejected the movement, branding it ridiculous and unbiblical or heretical. It's not hard to understand why, you know, some people rejected that type of movement of the spirit. I remember when Brian Garan came and spoke last year. Anybody remember that? And I was sitting right there, right where Tracy is, and and I'm listening to the message, and I'm trying to, but then I hear some laughter happening, okay? A couple of women are laughing, and I'm like, what is going on? I know that was just me that was, that was wondering that. And, uh, and I'm just like, man, what is going on? Like, is this, like, do I need to, like, usher somebody out? Like, do I have to go get muscle? Like, where's Ryan at? Like, what's going on? And that's before you, Nathan, okay? You don't have to be heartbroken. And... I'm just like, what is going on? I'm trying to listen to the message, but this laughter is breaking out, and now it's like hysterical laughter. At first it was some giggling, but now it's like full-fledged, hunched over, laughing, laughing, laughing. And, you know, usually what's not understood is dismissed. Because I don't understand it, something that I'm going to try to make sense understands to me that they're just goofing off and not taking this serious. So what's usually not understood by me, because I'll preach to myself, gets dismissed in my life. You know, God wants to move in our life even when we don't understand. And he will move in our life even if we don't understand. So Toronto Blessing. At first glance, people literally falling down on the floor, rolling on the floor while laughing hysterically for no apparent reason can seem like just ungodly, purposeless. But reports began to emerge that this church of people being healed and restored from the inside out uh, resulted in millions of people flocking to the church from all over the world. While many snared and mocked, millions of people became whole. So good. Set free, freedom came, healing came, because some people, you think it was the laughter that did it? I don't think so. I think it was the opportunity that someone allowed the Holy Spirit to work in them. It was the wall. It was a surrendering over to what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in their life. 
See, what started off as, man, there's no way that works. There's no way that works. That church is so false. Grew and manifested into a place where miracles happen, where lives transformed, where people received gifts and felt the touch of God. Thank God that he doesn't wait for my understanding first before a miracle. Thank God that he doesn't wait for my understanding first before a miracle. He's asking for you to move because you trust him. Someone say, I trust him. Now someone say it when they believe it. Say, I trust him. I trust him. Pastor Ruben, that sounds crazy. On the outside, it does. I get it. I really do get it. But I serve a God that sent his son to die for me, who rose three days later. And we're, we're hung up on laughter? Nah. That ain't cut in it. So if he's saying he's going to give me his joy, I'll take it. I'll take a triple portion of it, a quadruple portion of it. Recently, I've been praying for um, a heart like David's, but even more. I want a double portion. Who asked for a double portion in the Bible? Bible quiz. Elisha, right? Right? I've asked for that, but I want four times the amount. I've been praying that. Because at first it made sense to me, like, why does this guy need a double portion of Elijah's? Like, like be your own man, right? And David, I want a heart like David. I want a, I want a, I want a heart after your own heart too, God. No, no, no. They knew what they were praying. Yeah, and I want that too, God, and I want more. <laughs> my daughter isn't happy with like one scoop of my cereal. If you haven't had s'more cereal lately, it's fire. It's bussing. It's bussing, bussing, okay? And, and boy, as soon as she hears the cereal hit the bowl, Westy and Rye are like running to me, right? Always want some cereal. My daughter, no one can eat more cereal than my daughter, right? Than Raya. But Westy, like I can eat a little bit, but then Westy's like, ooh, I want marshmallow. Boom, puts her hand in it. I want this. And she just, she wants my portion and her own. Right, Don? She wants my portion and her own. That's not even... She's like, she looks at me like I'm dumb if I don't get that. Like once our bowl is, our bowl is done, dad, I'll take another portion. Same thing with me. So what would it look like, you know, uh, uh, if we did what, what Solomon said, a, a joyful heart is good medicine. So maybe it's time for us as a church to live like a pharmacy. Live like a pharmacy. What would it look like if we opened our heart to receive a move from God that didn't seem normal at first, that didn't seem up to your standards at first? I've never met someone in, in, struggling and in need on the side of the road that's asking for money that had a cup out with the lid on it. Have you? Never met someone in, in a time of need with their hand out to receive money and their fists, they had a fist out. Nah, I've never, I've never seen that. Never seen that. Have you? So you haven't. So come, come every day in these doors to receive something. Double portion, triple portion, quadruple portion. There we go. There we go. See? I'll interact, I'll interact with you. 
Pastor Jake was so open two weeks ago with his life and some of his struggles, and it was so inspiring to see. That's why it's easy to back him. That's why he's like, Lupe, let's go off the deep end of the diving board. Oh, okay, but I'm grabbing onto you. That's why it's easy, because he's transparent. He's loving and he's transparent. You may not know this, but tomorrow marks the hardest time of my life. This year, from August to now August, has been the most difficult time of my life. The roughest storm it's ever been in my entire life for me and my family. But you wouldn't know that. Not because I hide it, but because when I face these trials and these storms, I run to Jesus and I say, God, give me strength. Holy Spirit, comfort me. Holy Spirit, protect me. Provide for me. Give me peace. Give me understanding. Give me wisdom. And I'm on my knees and I'm crying sometimes when I'm doing it. I'm happy sometimes when I'm doing it. I'm worshiping here on a Sunday while doing it. I'm worshiping with students on a Wednesday while doing it. And I'm just asking God to fill me up. Because in this storm, it seems so real. And it is, it's the strongest storm I've ever been in. And then I go to my pastors, I go to my mentors, and I pour into them and I say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what's going on in my life. Can you pray for me? Hey, can you just hear me out? Can I, you know, and I'll be in balls of crying tears and then I'll be in laughter sometimes and, and, I'll, and I'll get it out that way. Because too often I've robbed myself of joy and too often I've allowed the enemy to steal my joy. And then I'll, I'll call my family up and do the same thing with, with them that I do with, with uh, the pastors and staff around. And I'll go to my family, do the same thing. And then uh, Rachel and the family and I, and we'll, we'll worship and praise God in the living room, as weird as that is, uh, in the car, here, wherever it's at. Um, and one of my closest friends here, he says, bro, if you're ever struggling with something, you don't ever show it. And then I went through that with him as well. Like, this is, this is what I do. I can't afford to allow my joy and the joy person, Jesus, in my life to be robbed from me. My family can't afford that. They can't afford me to sit at home and, and be full of depression and anxiety and fear and stress and anger because of what's going on in my life. They, they, they can't afford that. My students can't afford that. No one uh, can afford that. And it's not for me to bear. That's the thing. Your storm isn't for you to bear. Jesus says, take my yoke. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials. It doesn't say if, but when. While this has been the most fierce storm of my entire life, it won't be my last. It's not the first, and it won't be my last. I just pray that it's, it's not as tough as this one, right? <laughs> That's the only thing I could hope for, is that the storm isn't as bad as this one, but there's gonna be another one. That's life. Church, joy is no longer dependent on your past situations and your storms. You know the one I'm talking about. The one that freaked you out, you know, that old storm, maybe years ago, the old situation, maybe that old sickness that you battled with. Remember COVID, however long ago that was. Remember these situations and these trials that you fought that took all of your effort and time that you pondered on. You, know, you remember what I'm talking about, right? 
You know that storm? It's not dependent on that, but it's dependent on the one who raised himself from the grave. You know, it's dependent on uh, the one who freed you from bondage, the one that took you out of that storm. Your, your joy isn't dependent on this current situation either. You know, this big storm that you're in now, the one that seems life ending, you know, the one that seems like you can't breathe anymore because it's so much stress in this current or your job, maybe your job is really hectic. Maybe your kids are really hectic. Maybe this current storm just seems like it's so overpowering, but your joy isn't dependent on it. Am I preaching to someone today? But rather the one who calls you son and daughter, that's who your joy is dependent on. Toughest year of my life, but you know what? Jesus has been right here the entire time. Hasn't left, hasn't left me at all. You know what's funny is sometimes I think we look back to see where God is Anybody? Uh, sometimes I look back to go, man, where, where, do you, where are you at, God? It's like we're looking for God in this current storm. So we go back, like we lost our car keys, and we're like, where is it? Where is God at? And he's leading the way because you've asked him to lead the way of your life. Right? That was free. It wasn't even written down, Pastor Jake. We look for God. Where is he? Where is he? We turn back to go look for him. And he's been leading the way because that's what you asked him to do. Come on. We just sang this song a little bit ago where it said, uh, you are the same God. He provided back then and he provides now we just sang it we're like you students like what he provided back then but he provides now he's the same god nothing has changed past present or future storms nothing changes someone say same god i'll close it with this my daughter westy says this is one of her new words now she'll go daddy i scared She'll, it's so funny. She'll hold her, her hands like this. She'll be like, I'm scared. Like she's just balling up. Like I don't even know where she gets some of this stuff from. And um, she'll be like, I'm scared of buggy. <laughs> It'll be a fly. Jaden was scared of flies until about last year. And <laughs> it used to get me so aggravated. I'm like, Jay, it's a fly. They don't, they don't bite. It's not even a horse fly. It's a regular fly. He'd be in the back seat for a, an hour ride, just hunched over like this. Like funny thing. <laughs> Daddy, I scared you. Um, so, so Wesley is saying that I'll go, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Love. You're not, you're not scared. You're not scared. You're strong. You're strong. And she goes, I strong. And I go, yes, you're strong. And then I'll go. And then by that time she's like hugging us, right? Because she's so scaredy, um, of the buggies. And I say, daddy got you. Daddy got you. And she goes, daddy got you. And I go, yeah. And she even grabs her babies now when she's taking a bath and she's taking them a bath. And she goes, Wesley got you. Wesley got you. That's what she does now. God has worked in my life through teachings all the time with my kids. All the time. And in those moments, Jesus said to me as I was preparing this, he's, he brought me to that vision with Wesley. And he says, sometimes in that storm, you're like, oh, I'm so scared. Oh, life is crazy. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I can't do this anymore. I'm so scared. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Don't be scared. You have, you have the Holy Spirit. 
You have power, you have strength, you have courage, you have uh, 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 grace, you have freedom in what you're going through. It's okay, don't be scared. The Holy Spirit got you. And then some of you need to say, the Holy Spirit got me? Some of you need to say, yes, the Holy Spirit got you. He's protecting you. There's nothing to fear. No matter the trial, there's nothing worth uh, 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 stealing your joy of Jesus in your life, stealing the peace that he has given you in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in who? In him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I would love for all of us to stand And if you would like some inexpressible joy in your life, today's the day. There's no better day than salvation on July 31st with 77 degrees outside. There's no better day than salvation than giving your life to Jesus so you can experience joy, the person who in turn through a life with living with him will give you joy, the emotion. So with our heads down and our eyes closed, if you have never given your life to Jesus and you would love to give your life to Christ, now is the time. I would ask that if you would just raise your hand. If you would just raise your hand to say, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Online, this would be a perfect opportunity for you as well. Thank you, sir. I see your hand in the back, thank you. Father, I thank you so much for the hands that were raised today, God. I, I bring uh, a peace upon them with the Holy Spirit, God. Would you comfort them? Would you protect them? And then with everybody here, it's not the, I love how pastor says it, right? It's not the prayer that saves the person. It's, it's their heart. It's their willingness to surrender to Jesus. So with everybody here, would you say, would you repeat after me? Father God, I thank you so much for what Jesus did for me. I accept him into my life to work in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to be more like you. Would you reign king of my life? In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up for that person? Inexpressible joy. Thank you, God. Now this next one, this next one is so key. So key. It says that you may be overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you haven't ever received the Holy Spirit, prayer team, could you come up and line the, line the front here? If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've never even asked for the Holy Spirit to come into your life, I, it, I would love for you to do that. It's no better day than today. For you to ask the Holy Spirit to be filling in your life so you can be overflowing in peace in your storms, in grace and in mercy and forgiveness. Some of us, I I could feel it now. Forgiveness is so hard for some of you right now. Is someone struggling with forgiveness in here? You just raise your hand. If you don't mind, you don't have to tell me. Thank you. Anybody else? I was. Thank you, Rick. I was. Who else? Here's, here's the reality, right, with forgiveness. Um, I, I forgive the person who trespassed against me 
because I could not, think about this, right? I could not stand before Jesus and ask for his forgiveness. Because how many times have I hurt him? So I have to forgive. Then two, I'll use Quentin as a proxy, okay? Quentin's the one who hurt me. He really didn't, bear with me. But you know what? I'm allowing myself to rob myself of joy and I can't do that anymore. So not only do I forgive Quinn, but I'm forgiving myself to allow joy to come back into my life. So it's deeper than you. It's deeper than you. But I deserve joy. I deserve Jesus in my life to help me through that. So I'm going to forgive Quinn because I need to truly, I need to forgive myself. I rob myself of that joy. You've hurt me, but I'm going to forgive you because I, I've hurt people too. Hurt people tend to hurt people. So this next step, as I formally dismiss you guys here in a second after I pray, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to pray for the Holy Spirit in your life so you can operate in that overflowing, that strength that I'm talking about, that power, you need the Holy Spirit for that, to equip you in that. And if you need a, a help with forgiveness, that you come forward. So let's pray real quick. Father. I just thank you so much for what you've done in our life. I thank you for my sisters and brothers out there, God. I thank you that uh, you've given us your son to die for us, and now he's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to operate, Lord. Would you protect my brothers and sisters as they go out throughout their week, um, that they wouldn't uh, be robbed of joy, that they wouldn't rob themselves, God, but Holy Spirit, that you'd be so evident, so heavy on their life. We love you and we honor you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>